Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the scope. And now, here are your hosts, Jared, Adam, and Shane. Hey everybody, welcome. It is episode 319 of The Scope. We are back. Six yep. months? Has it been that long? Uh, it was a holiday show, so not quite six, yes. but five. Five months. We were, the last time we spoke, we were in the midst of holly and mistletoe and uh, seasonally correct foods, Adam. We had not yet received uh, a lot of the snow we would receive for the rest of the winter. So yes. Kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, we've only got five months to cover, and you know, we're always very brief in what happens. So yeah. let's just let's take it off. From the beginning. Football first. All right. Football All right. first. Vikings poop their pants. Commanders poop their pants. Um. Then we had a massive, massive uh, winter of snow. It wasn't particularly cold, but a lot of snow. Mm-hmm. Um. I went. I think on we hit we hit number three uh, snowiest of winter. Uh, yeah, on let's say like uh, what do we say ninety plus inches, which is a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot of snow, and it What's just that kept in centimeters going. for oh, our international great. audience. I don't know, but all right, let's just say it's a lot. It's a lot. We'll go with that. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, I went on a vacation to Costa Rica. No, and, uh, no, no urinary issues this time. Um, no urinary issues. But, you were the only one to get sick on your trip, right? Right. Yeah. So like a couple days before um, we were going to leave, I started getting a little bit of an itchy throat. Uh, uh, you know me. I brought a shit ton of COVID tests. I COVID tested every day I was there. Initially, I thought it was just like uh, allergies because where we were at, there was a lot of a lot of like pollen and leaves falling. But um it was it wasn't uh, wasn't something that was a deal breaker. But by the time I got back a couple of days later, I was really sick. Like I ended up missing almost the entire week of work, and it just was like a sinus infection. It actually held on for like three weeks. I, I probably just got over it about a fully got over about a week ago. But had a great vacation, um, and uh, yeah, that's that's that. So, Adam, what about you? What did you do in five months? Oh, four or five go, months. Go back through my journal here. Yep. And, Open uh, it up. Your dream journal, too. Uh, we went to Phoenix for a week in February, the week uh, right after the Super Bowl, which was there. We actually oh, flew in the day after the Super Bowl, and um, that was it was crazy there. Um, the line was to get just confetti the, in the streets. <laughs> well, they didn't, you know, they didn't win, so no. Um, but the telephone poles were still greased up for some reason. Um, <laughs> the the line to get into the Delta Lounge I heard was a four hour wait. Now I don't know like logistically why you're at the airport that early, right? But you do get free drinks at the Delta Lounge, so I guess I mean, if you, you're there that early to get into the Delta yeah. Lounge, <clears throat> probably um, but, a lot of Philly fans would be my guess waiting for that. Yeah, um, but we um, we got there. I'm noticing that I have uh, my my. Uh, Headphone cord is starting to fray. Um, uh, Oh, it was cold there. That was the thing. So it was like 
the coldest week uh, of the winter. Um, How cold so, is it? Are we saying like fifties? You know, oh my but like gosh. It's, it's still twenty degrees colder than it's supposed to be. So you were in shorts, and everybody else that lived there uh, were in parkas, and you're like, <laughs> "Hey, what's the deal? What's wrong with you people?" Well, remember, it's a dry heat, so it's also a dry cold. So no, I was not in shorts. I was. <laughs> Miserable. Oh, also then uh, we went orange picking and I got uh, a terrible allergic uh, reaction on my, um, like on the sides of my abdomen and on my legs. And I guess it's from the leaves on an orange tree. You're rubbing up against those trees? I mean, on accident, but I might be allergic (laughs) to that. Like I had to go to urgent care. It was like, it was, yeah, it sucked. Um, But then I was on steroids the rest of the trip. So that was cool. Um. So you were lifting cars and you were feeling no pain. Uh Uh-oh. Adam, your cord might have bit the dust. We can't hear you. You just cut out there, Adam. No, that was me pressing this button. Perfect. It's the mute button, I guess, is what it's called. Well, it's a well-oiled machine. Um, (laughs) What else did you... I've been to Phoenix, too. Did you you go to any of the regional uh, uh, attractions? We went to the zoo. To the zoo. um, With uh, my child, who doesn't particularly like anything outside um like father like son uh uh-huh um we uh we did that we went to the um what's it called gardens uh that's right by the zoo i can't remember something something gardens that was cacti gardens no but yeah basically um (laughs) Mm, yeah it's like you're back adam (laughs) feels like it Uh, we got to go out on, on a, sound out you know, since we were, we were visiting Mandy's parents, so we went on uh, date nights, a couple nights that we were there, oh. so that was nice to be able to do. Uh, it was mostly just, you know, a low-key, let's visit the right. grandparents, because we haven't seen them, and, you know, they... Did the grandparents go on the date night with you? So was it a double date night? Like or? a chaperone yeah. scenario? We or? left Will at, at the house, yeah. Smart. Well, he doesn't like to go outside, so mm-hmm. he's probably pretty safe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we went um, climb. We went hiking. We went up a uh, uh, hole in the hole in the rock, uh, which is like a real, real small mountain you know, for from a kid's perspective. Um, so it was cool. It's like a mountain mountain. It's like a rock formation with a giant hole um, at the top of it. So it's kind of kind of neat. Nice. So, well, you're really selling we, it. We, we make him yeah, do I mean, outside stuff, go. even if he hates it. <laughs> cool. Wow. Well. There we go. I can say on my Phoenix trip, which was the last trip I was on uh, pre-COVID, I went to none of those attractions. What did you go do, Jared? Uh, So we, our big ones were we, the Grand Canyon. That was. Oh, sure. I mean, that's the logical. Yeah. Uh, And then we also went to the uh, Taliesin West campus, Frank Lloyd Wright. Have you been to any of these places, Adam? Um, We drove, well. In my previous outings to Phoenix, I've been by the Grand Canyon. Hmm, okay. uh, <laughs> Not exactly Close adjacent, but, you and know. Uh, and I think we did go to the, the Frank, Lloyd, Frank Lloyd Wright um, building. It's beautiful, technically in Scottsdale, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, all of Phoenix is a weird yeah. city. That's uh, you it's know. a big sprawling suburban thing. You know, mm-hmm. you know right? Like we have Brooklyn Park and Maple Grove. You know how like they don't. There's no break in those. It's basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. All of this is getting cut, by the way. 
Yeah, yeah. we're just going to take this right out. We, the, last we, time, the last time so I had been, to get back our sea legs. <laughs> the last time I had been to Phoenix before this. Let's um, go through every Phoenix trip. Let's I went start. To go, I went there to play. I just got the one to go through. So. X-Wing. Yeah, oh, yeah. So oh, that's, that's, right. the, that's, that's the winner story right yeah, there. Yeah, and I, I, it was a store championship, and I made um, the second day. I made the, the cut top 16. It's amazing. It's amazing. In Canon chips, that's what you gotta. That's what you gotta use. That's my well. Tip. I don't know. the The Hawk two ninety is in the game and, and legal, and it is definitely not Canon. That is mm. the Kyle Katarn, you know, ship from right. whatever Jedi Outcast Force. For, yeah, sure. Force un, not Force Unleashed, but yes, yeah. Dark Forces. Is that what that Dark was? Forces? Yes. Yep. Yes. See, I know. I know something or a thing mm-hmm. or two, and that's appropriate because we actually have a St- Star Wars uh, information later on in the show. Well, it's a good uh, thing that people wait for us to disseminate what right. happened in the Star Wars universe a month ago. Yeah, I think that's absolutely key. Uh, so, Adam, you went to Arizona. I feel like Jared and I, we, we got to get the show moving, but we really want to talk about what we did last weekend, which was uh, we participated in a local curling tournament. Uh, we were invited to represent the city. An invitational? Of Re- I would say it was an invitational. It literally Jared. is the Twin Cities Invitational. Right. That's the name of it. So there's, uh, there's, that sounds just like curling right there. Um, so, oh, here we go. Yep. That's what we would say. Yep. Uh, so there are five curling clubs in the Twin Cities area, Adam, and, uh, each club was allowed to bring their two best teams. And, uh, because we have, uh, the, the person that runs the Richfield curling, which I don't, is Richfield, it's not really even a club, is it, Jared? It's, it's an officially a club. That's why it we're is. invited. Okay. We, so we it's were the sixth club. club this year. So, um, we, we were one of the two teams representing the Richfield curling club. Were you the A team or the B team? I don't that's know. A, that's a that good doesn't question. doesn't matter. We were all the, uh, Z team. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. In the end. Okay. Yes. So, so we, we kind of go in at a disadvantage and I would say that, you know, out of all of the teams in the Richfield, uh, curling club, I mean, our team definitely is the most, you know, we've been there every year. Uh, we take it seriously, uh, but it is nothing compared to some of these other club teams. Um, you know, Jared, how many times have we curled in our lives, you know? Hundred, let's just say, one hundred and twenty times we've curled. Sure, uh, these teams, you know, they have people that curl two or three or four times a week. Yeah, they're curling a um, hundred times, one hundred twenty times a year at least. Uh, yeah, and they're curling on real curling ice, like and compared to the ice that we're on, which is just treated hockey ice. And they've been so, curling for at least a decade. Some since they were five years old. Right. We. <laughs> We talked to some people and like they moved from out of state to Minnesota because Minnesota had a more robust curling scene. That's how serious they were. So are they like, like we, retired and this is what they do or this is like they're like, no, there's you know. a lot of young people. Yeah, there actually. it was a pretty good mix, though. There were a lot of yeah. like older. I don't know if I would say retirement age, but definitely people in their 40s, 50s, maybe 60s, early 60s. Um, but then there were definitely some younger people just in their 20s. Yeah. And uh so these two Richfield clubs come in who, you know, the other, the other uh, Richfield teams, rather the other team, like they have some people on that team that curl on regular ice. So they had a little bit more experience on our team. The f- I think the they four- actually curl on that club, the, the Do they? Four Seasons Curling Club in Blaine. I think that's their, their normal. That's yeah. their home base. Well, our, so. 
our uh, team has a total of four times on regular curling ice, which is different. I mean, it is different. It, it you know, it's pure. Uh, you know, the sh- if you if you make slight adjustments, you can see it on the ice where how the stone goes. It is instantaneous compared to like the Richfield ice. You can be a lot less precise and weird crap is going to happen all the time. So, I mean, I think that we knew that it was going to be a learning experience, but it and and it was. But we also I knew exactly what I was getting into. Did you? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I figured like with the amount of times we've curled, like eh, we could probably, you know, put up some points on some people, you know, a few times during a match. And it ended up being if we could score a point against a team that was a success, like a single point. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, it's like a, it's like a 10th grade basketball team playing against a professional, you know, NBA team, you know, you score, you score two baskets and you're pretty happy about it. Um, it was insane. Our first, the, the first team that we drew that one of the people on the team had just gotten back from competing in nationals. I mean, they're, they're serious. The, the best and they would team. ultimately be playing. They would play for the uh, championship that weekend. Right. So. And the other the the other team that they were playing against had a guy who we were told was literally a hair away from making the Olympics. And that team played the other Richfield team and destroyed them as well. So it was it was eye opening. And people were perfect. You know, most of the teams were nice. But, you know, I'm sure they were thinking, what are these jokers even doing here? Because it was like it was just such a power imbalance. And I, I, I was I, the worst of the bunch. I was so bad and it, I was so frustrated. And, and, you know, you throw 16 stones a game and we played four matches and I probably had five shots, five shots that I was happy with. And. Yeah. I had one shot where I got us points. Literally one shot out of everything. Now, to be it. fair, you throw 16 stones in a normal 8N game. But however, the gentleman's rules are if you are oh, that's true. badly yes. down at four or five ends, you are you should concede. Yep. Yep. Most Which we game, did. Most matches win about two hours, you know, or a little under two hours. Uh, our first three matches, we didn't make it past 40 minutes. <laughs> no, that's not true. We played almost an hour at least every time. Sometimes over. Um... And we and we generally at all of them we would play like a couple ends afterwards right. that didn't count just sort of because hey it's free curling you don't you know that right costs money until you take advantage of it when you can yeah there's I mean Adam when people do this as much as they as all our competitors did like they they can tell like when they're released because like you time your release right you slide out and you know like oh if it took me three seconds to get out and release the stone we know how far it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. And the people that are sweeping can look down at that stone and tell where it's going to go, what the expectation is. Well, you they're know. also timing it so they know how fast. Yeah, and they're timing it. So it's like we are at a disadvantage because you can't really do that on hockey arena ice. It's because it's so inconsistent. Um, if there's a ridge or, you know, figure skating the day before, it's just it's not smooth. So, so you know, we're trying to feel it. We're trying to guess. And you mix that guessing with the ice being so sensitive to every single thing you do. And it, it has uh, the possibility to be chaos and a rough go. And it was, but it was, a, it still was a lot of fun. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It was a lot of fun. So what's I the think, deal? Like, what's, your, what's your guys's plan to get 
to, to compete with these guys. So we're never going to actually compete with them, but I think we can get to a higher <laughs> a higher plane of curling, as it were. Uh, there's a lot of, we've talked a lot, and I've been you know talking Angela's ears off about this too about about like what the next phase is for our game. What are the next things we need to integrate into how we how we play? So we've got some ideas on what to do there, and I think. Shane, sounds like you disagree with me, but I think there are ways we can implement that even in our uh, arena play. I think, oh, I think, I think opportunities I think, to do that. I agree with you. I, agree I just think you. we have to uh, have, couch our expectations a bit as far as like how, how much of an effect it's going to have. On right. You. You, but you just have to do it to get in practice. So yep. like, You just got to get the reps in so that once you do have those opportunities to play on real ice, yep. you're, you're, ice, you're ready yep. to go. Um, so like the yeah. way they time that, you know, yep. the professional curlers time things, we need to be doing that, even if it even if it doesn't even make sense in, in hockey ice, just because when it you does go make to sense rake, though, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's still, it's time from the hack to the hog line. It's, it's a fixed distance. And so you can, based on the, how, how much time it takes for the stone to travel that you can extrapolate out, you know, roughly where it's going to end up on the ice. And so, you yeah. know, you know, early on if it's going to be too heavy or if you need to start sweeping it to get it going or whatever. Yeah. Um, another thing is we need to integrate in. There's, there's sort of a number scale, um, on the sheet as far as like how far a distance is um, that you want to hit. So there's like, you know, if you want a guard, it's like a two. If you want a T line, it's like a seven. If you want it to go through the house to, to where the hack is, it's like a 10. These may not be the right numbers, but you get the idea. It's like right. the higher the number, the farther the distance. And so we need to sort of incorporate that into our shot calling. So we are just calling out the appropriate delivery weight. Um, whether or not we can actually match that request is another story, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, for me personally, I didn't find that the, that the, the real curling ice was that much of an adjustment. Um, but that's me. That's my personal experience. It was, it was definitely harder for me. And the thing is like on the Richfield ice, if you wanted to make something curled to the left, some days you just can't do that. You just, you can't do it. Uh, whereas on real ice, you can make that happen. Now it may not be you know, the same if you want it to curl to the right. But generally speaking, you can get the stone to do what you want it to do, you know, within reason. Some days on the Richfield ice, you'll throw a stone and it literally will S curve. <laughs> it, it will go back and forth and back again. Yeah. And we've there's, actually, there's... we've had success where we saw that happening and you just throw that shot and you, you make it happen. You'll never see that on, on real curling. Is that something yeah. that will never, ever happen? There's a natural bias to the arena already. Like that's like the macro thing you're dealing with, where everything's sort of depending on where you are, it's going to like slide to the middle. So depending on which side of the sh- of the arena you're on, you're, it's going to go. It's going to have a bias one way or the other. But then there's sort of the the micro night to night variances, which is how did the Zamboni perform? What kind of yep. Garbage did it leave behind. It's yep. just every day is a new challenge. So yep. some and days I, I, you get really good ice where you can actually get a little bit of curl either direction. And that's that's glorious. But that's most what times happens. You don't. It's great. And I think the, the the final thing that we probably need to do is like take all of your individual roles a little bit more seriously in the sense that like sweepers actually have more responsibility than just sweeping when someone tells them to sweep, right? Yeah. Like they, they need to be engaged from the, they, from the moment of delivery. Yeah. Like they need sweepers will determine certain logistics of what the stone is doing better than people sitting at the very ends, telling them when to sweep. So that's something that we're going to have to work on. Um, and again, it's like Jared said, it's even if you're on this ice that is inconsistent and crazy, just doing it and bringing that into your practice is going to make a world of difference. 
So we'll see. I, we still had a great time. They had some f- other fun games that we did there, and we were competitive in that. And and it just was kind of fun to see high level players because you know normally when you're playing rec sports, like you're never gonna if you're playing flag football, you're not gonna bump into Kirk Cousins. You know, <laughs> I mean, in this case, we're playing you know a a sport where we're seeing people that literally are competing on some of the highest levels and it's it's amazing how good they are uh and uh, it's something i don't know if it's something i would ever aspire to but it certainly makes me want to up my game in the sense like i want to be able to you know every once in a while put put a point on these guys if i were to play them yeah i mean we're never going to get to that level but we could aspire to like the third team we played on saturday which who played uh, out of st paul curling club they weren't Older, older guys, definitely more recreational, but they've been playing for a decade plus. Yeah. So they're they're good, but they were they were much more casual. They were cordial. Um, they were complimentary to us. They were. I mean, I think some people had the expectations that we were going to be absolute like bumpkins coming in there and didn't even know how like which way to move the stone. And they were like, right. "Oh, you guys, you have all the shots, and you've just all you're missing is the repetition, the just yeah. the time put into it to get better and be consistent." Yeah. So, and they could tell, you know, some of the teams could definitely tell that, you know, there was some frustration on our side. And the one guy said to me, which was really true, he goes, you know, you guys are out there and you're missing your shots. And I like, because I know you want to win. He goes, but how do you think it would feel for us if you guys actually beat us? <laughs> you know, he's like, we, everybody here has been doing this for years and they're all in these clubs. So, you know, you are doing as well as what you should expect to do, given your situation. And he's right. You know, it's like, you know, I none of us ever expected to win. I think that we maybe thought we might be able to sneak a few more points. And obviously that didn't happen. But it, they really are correct when they say, like, these guys should be kicking the crap out of us. And yeah, which, which speaking, who was that, by the did. way? That was a, I think that was the third team. One of the players on the third team was sure. talking to us. But you know, even like there, I think there were a couple where there some matches like where we had some ends where we might have kept it kind of close. Like there was a couple, a couple times where I felt like we were in it. Um, well, we definitely least, had opportunities. Yeah, it's just sometimes it just doesn't go your way. Boy, this could be the entire curling podcast right now. Let's yeah. just uh, let's close out the show. But yeah, Adam, mm-hmm. it was a good time, and uh, we will definitely keep everyone posted about our curling adventures and. Uh, Next season starts in just a few weeks, so we'll we'll get to it then. Hell yeah! All right, summer so, curling—that sounds crazy. Yeah, now that's a, something else we learned. There's a number of curling clubs that are not open all year round. So yeah. um, for a lot of those, a lot of those curlers, they they might be done for the season. Like they'll go in May. That's the end of the season, and they won't start curling until October. So yeah, this is sort of like the capper. This is like yeah, the essentially the end of the curling season. Right. Um, there's there's of the five. Uh, dedicated curling facilities two of them are open over the summer yeah the one we played at in blaine and then uh chaska i believe yeah and the, the twin cake. cities that could be cake different eaters the cake eaters exactly <laughs> well what do we got going on for the rest of uh, episode 319 guys uh we went Not down much. The nerd- should we wrap it up that's done we'll be done uh we've got if jared would have had his way this show would be under an hour that's all i'm gonna say uh I'm but tired we're not even close. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the state of the union of the Star Wars universe. Uh, a few weeks ago, Star Wars Celebration hit and a lot of information came out. We've got a ton of new shows for uh, the upcoming year and uh, reviews of shows that have just completed. So we've got a lot to talk about. 
Uh, Adam's going to be bringing his magic with coming soon. And uh, Jared and I will pepper in some fun and uh, interesting commentary and sound effects. And uh, generally speaking, we'll just put together a great comeback show for the scope and its scope listeners. So Boy. let's take a quick break. Feel, I'm feeling the pressure a little bit. <laughs> we'll take a, take a quick break. We'll be back with more of 319 and your scope program right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time of the program where I say, hey, we're back. And that means it's time to panhandle a little bit. Do you like the show? Do you want it to continue? It may or may not continue depending on your wishes. But if you'd like to push this one way or another, you can support us directly by uh, becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash the scope show. You can pledge as little as $1 per episode. I'll hold you to that. One dollar. That's all I'm going to ask. If you want to do more, you can. One dollar is good enough. It helps us pay for bandwidth. It helps us uh, pay for probably our podcasting software because that's the capabilities we need are no longer free. We just discovered that today. So can I pay for that? Oh, boy. <laughs> I tell you, this game. Been in it a long time. A lot of things have come and gone. But we're still here. And that's because of patrons like you. Well, sign up, patreon.com slash the scope show for all that information. Get over there now. Go on. We'll wait. Head on over. All right. You know what to do. Episode 319 of The Scope, and you can tell by that music that we're getting into Star Wars. <laughs> it's a perfect segue. Jared, you know what? You now find- that we post these to YouTube, I can't use like real uh, real sounds anymore because I'll just get a copyright strike. You so. can't you, you can't throw in like a Star Wars sound effect? Maybe a, I can deploy you a sound effect, but Yeah, see if you could see if you could pull something up. Uh, today uh, we're gonna do something that's a little bit further down the nerdy rabbit hole. We're gonna do the scope Star Wars State of the Union. As I teased earlier in the show, uh, a lot of Star Wars information came out uh, at Star Wars Celebration 2023. That was in there. We go. That was was that in L.A. I don't know where it was at. Uh, I no, was in London this year. It was in London. I was yep. so close. Uh, my it's geography very, very close. <laughs> Good day, mate. Hello, Vader. Right. And that's so and I was surprised when it and started. That's Australian, in, by the way, when I started, uh, when it started on uh, the Friday, it started. I was surprised when I uh, took my lunch break and I was like, "Oh, the live stream's already going." What? Because Jared, it was there's the an eight-hour time, time difference. That's how that works, sir. Yes, my master. We're not going to get a, a infringement with that. <laughs> uh, these are on freesound.org, so they're not. They're approximations of Star Wars. I think this is so appropriate for our show. I can't even tell you. Um, so we had Star Wars, Star Wars Celebration. We had the conclusion of the season three of The Mandalorian. And uh, just a, like I said, a bunch of information. I'm going to throw this out to you two first. Do we want to talk about TV or movies first? What do you think? I mean, let's get the movies out of the way. There's not a lot to talk about. Honestly. All right. So uh, take this with a grain of salt because we've had other Star Wars movie announcements year after year. And I don't think any of those movies have ever been released. And a lot of them are just 
out the window. But uh, we have three new movies announced this time around. Uh, the first is a yet-to-be-named Star Wars movie directed by, is it James Mangold, that will be, will be based thousands of years back in time and centers yes. on the first Jedi. So is it, this is, is, it, it, uh, is it, am I reading this right? James Mangold? That's you, you know who he is, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so convincing. Yeah. He's, he uh, only directed the new Indiana Jones movie that's coming out. He directed Logan. Uh, people he, love Logan. Yeah. They love movie. that movie. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll just quick, quickly go around the room. Are you interested in the origin of the Force story? Adam. Uh, yeah. You think it'll be a, a Baby Yoda? Probably, right? <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean that's it, the only thing that's working. Depends on how much uh, sway the producers have. Right. Jared, what do you say? Is, is this a proper Star Wars lore of mine? I, I'm curious, but I'm mostly curious because I think in the hands of James Mangold, I think it's it's got potential. Um, right. I, I don't know. I mean, it's like we, something about it. The origins of the Force without George Lucas being involved seems a little weird. Right. I think as an adult, the Force but, is the most boring part of Star Wars to me. Yeah, you're not wrong, but it is sort of important. I don't, I di- I don't know what you guys think, but like going back prequel or mega prequel, it's to me that stuff does not interest me as much. But since they sort of boofed uh, the future, I mean, maybe you have to go back ten thousand years, so uh, <laughs> you know you can figure some stuff out. Yeah. So we're we're not sure about this, but I mean the pedigree is good. It could be interesting. Did you guys um, watch Rebels? Yes. yes. So I mean, there's a lot of like first and early Jedi stuff in that. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the part that I was least the least interested in. Yeah. It gets so to be very mystical. I mean, you could argue that the the early stuff that sort of planted the seeds that were explored a lot in this season of. Uh, Mandalorian was also problematic. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, listen to this, guys. The second yep. movie. Okay. Give uh, it to me. We'll take all of the Star Wars Disney shows that have mm-hmm. been made mm-hmm. and connect them to connect them them to one another through a feature film that uh, Dave Filoni, who is uh, one of the producers b- behind uh, pretty much all of the Star Wars TV shows, with the yep. exception of Andor. Um, this also has not been given a name. So this essentially, uh, for people that want to know, is is filling in the space between Return of the Jedi and the sequel trilogy. You know, the Ray the Ray trilogy. Um, uh, I'm assuming this will feature Grand Admiral Thrawn, who is going to be a key player in the Ahsoka show, who is uh, a very beloved Star Wars character through the novels and comics that is being made officially part of the canon. I mean, he he first appeared. He first filled that role in Rebels, so people are very very excited about that. And they got the uh, actor who did the voice to play him in live right. action, so that's cool. I mean, I feel like what this is 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 the attempt to really legitimize what happened in the sequel trilogy, and so this is going to kind of set things up and explain Palpatine's return a little bit more clearly and succinctly, and and Snoke. All that stuff. Uh, we'll go around the room again. Jared, are you excited about this film? I am excited because overall, I like Rebels. I like the characters. However, 
I I am concerned that the audience isn't there for it because uh, again, some of this stuff is the problem with, and we'll talk about it later. The uh, Mandalorian season three, it's, it's very heavy on lore. It's very heavy on um, kind of bringing forth into live action characters that were um, created for animation that most people haven't seen before. And I'm not sure that they're yet doing a good job of sort of, portraying these characters in a way that works for both audiences, those that know the characters and those that are just meeting him for the first time. So maybe I'll feel differently once Ahsoka is done and anything else that feeds into that movie is, is, has done gotten completed. And, but for right now, I'm a little bit concerned that maybe Dave Filoni's a little bit high on his own supply as the, as a, as you were maybe. So I'm cautious. Adam. Yeah, I think I agree. I'm curious to know how popular Clone Wars and Rebels and Bad Batch are or were. Um, well, Disney Plus um, lost like 4 million subscribers in the last year, so maybe not yeah. that great. <laughs> yeah. Right, but I mean, I don't know. You can attribute that to lots of stuff. But yeah, so that's... Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious, right? We haven't had a... Star Wars movie since uh, right before the pandemic. And, you know, I, I don't think it was a great showing. Um, and then, yeah, since then we've had, you know, ups and downs with, with TV shows and movies being announced and then being thrown away. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think I don't care anymore about the Palpatine mystery. Uh, I would just kind of be more interested in the other things, but maybe that's just too central or too elephant in the roomy to, to, to not focus on. Um, <laughs> I'd forgotten the whole thread uh, in the Mandalorian with the clones until the last episode, I guess the, the next last episode of the season. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, Oh, right. Clones. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that I need more of that. I, you know, I like Star Wars. I like the the shell around all this stuff. I liked all of Dave Filoni's stuff. Minus Book of Boba Fett, I guess. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. Yeah. I'm 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 hopeful. I'm hopeful the Ahsoka show is good. I'm hopeful that this whole pays off i'm hopeful that we get to see uh, ezra right i guess we've we kind of half confirmed that will. right yeah yeah um and filoni and, has written all of the scripts for ahsoka so i guess well i mean we'll talk about ahsoka later yeah yeah so so let me ask you guys what you think of this this thought that i just had Uh-oh. it feels like star wars has sort of done the the flip of what the mcu did Like uh, the MCU kind of laid all this groundwork through, you know, movies sort of slowly built it, built the mythology and then kind of brought it together, you know, in a big, you know, culmination. But then that sort of spun out to a bunch of different TV shows, some connected, some not. Whereas with Star Wars, at least with this aspect, it's like they built this whole world through TV and then now they're going to bring it to movies in one culminating film. I don't necessarily know if that's the right way to go, right? Like, well, I got to try something because what they've been doing, it doesn't necessarily work. Yeah. I just, I think you could argue that the MCU approach isn't, isn't working anymore either. So, well, I mean, there's, 
I mean, if you want to know the truth, and this is probably a bigger a bigger topic, but I think it's Disney Plus. Disney Plus is the culprit that sort of broke the system because they needed to have so much content. And that amount of content waters everything down. And not everything is going to feel like it slots in and fits in as well as it could. And then you have the pandemic that also pops into there and it it literally changed the way people see movies. It's just the world changed so much. And uh, I don't know. I mean, Star, I think Star Wars does not feel as special. MCU does not feel as special. And, yeah, and I think uh, that... Um, and you've got to deal with that. Iger has decided, has said that he, they're going to slow down productions on some of these things. Yeah. I think he sort of agrees that there was too much and too frequent and it doesn't feel special anymore. Um, you know, there's the whole ever mighty shareholders you've got to, uh, satisfy. And so you need to have a, a certain cadence of cult of uh, content coming out to your service. And so that's sort of dictates some of these schedules, but, um, creatively speaking, um, I think we could probably deal with a little bit more air in between things. Yeah. yeah. When you have this much, you have these, you know, these many, these properties that they spent so much money on, you know, they want return. Uh, but it's interesting, like by getting that return, you're actually watering down the content and uh, eventually people just get tired of it. I mean, so but there's an argument to be made that if everything had delivered excellent quality, that there would be no softness in the market. And maybe. I think uh, maybe <laughs> and may, maybe you could argue that maybe people are just not tuning into things that are really good, like Andor, um, but. Uh, and you could also say that uh, things are there's too much production happening, and so these things don't have time to actually be developed to be very good. Right. Um, it's just a matter of we need we have a, uh, a date on the calendar we need to hit, and doesn't matter necessarily. It's got to be just good enough to to meet the bar. Um, yeah. Like, but I think I, if you had all of this content and all of it was just home runs across the board, this is a different conversation. A slightly different conversation. Yeah. Adam, what were you going to say? Well, I, I think it's a good point that it's probably impossible. Well, A, it's impossible for everything to be a home run. Um, right. But I think they're hamstringing themselves with their, you know, the the amount, right? I mean, I don't know how many, um, whatever the dumb name for the the weird special effects, you know. Uh, the volume? The, yeah, the volume. I don't know how many volumes they have, right? But, like, I'm not usually a person that's, like, taken out of a story or annoyed with you know, poor special effects. Um, but Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan was like, I did not like looking at that show, you know? And I, I think the show itself was not great, but I think it was worse uh, in a lot of ways because of those limitations. Um, you know, I, I think you have a lot of uh, quantum mania complaints uh, kind of in the, in the same realm. Uh, I don't think again, that the special effects are what made that a, bad movie um but i think you know like the first doctor strange wasn't a great movie but it sure looked cool um and it gave you something different yeah i think i mean i like obi-wan for the most part um but i do think that it did feel small and confined where you would think obi-wan kenobi could justify a little bit broader scope or something at least a, a bigger visual um and I think there's a reason that Andor didn't use the volume. They went to real locations in it. I think it was a better production for it. I think there's always there's a there's a right time and a place for the volume, 
And I think they definitely leaned too much into it early on. And part of it might have been just pandemic productions. It's easier to control. Fine. And it's cheaper. Um, but I think they've hopefully learned that it's not the panacea that they think it is. It's like it's good for a lot of things. It's not great for everything. Like it's great for uh, spaceship stuff where you're getting that immersive interactive lighting. Everything looks great on that. But, you know, sometimes you just need to go outside. The, 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 <laughs> That's OK. The, th- the thing about Star Wars is that, you know, it feels like a real lived in place, you know, whether it be the the designs of the ships or whatever but you know them being in something where it does not feel they're just surrounded by fake walls and you know oh we got a, a, a foam boulder here that you can lean against so we know that that's real uh, it's, a, it's a marvel of technology but ultimately yep. it still looks like you're in a very high quality video game right yeah because that's what you are you're it's a video game it's the unreal engine it's it's a real video game so there you know. we go so the last movie of the three is... Um, oh, geez, we haven't even talked about all the movies right. yet. We're off track. I think this is interesting. This is uh, Daisy Ridley, who played Ray in the sequel trilogy, will be appearing in a new film. And I'm actually hearing that it could be three films following The Rise of Skywalkers that will focus on the Jedi Order's rehabilitation. Um, so for me, of the three, this one is maybe the most intriguing just because... You know, it's not just the Jedi's rehabilitation. It is the the sequel trilogy's rehabilitation. Um, Jared and I have talked about this many, many times. The fact that they did not have really any sort of plan and how that sequel trilogy fell apart between episodes, you know, the third, second and third portions of that. And frankly, how the, I think the last episode was disappointing. At, at best, it was disappointing. So... You'll Maybe never convince this- me that J.J. Abrams intended that third film to be what ultimately resolved the things he set up in the first one. It just doesn't. If that is the case, then I'll be. That's crazy. Yeah. But there anyway. isn't. There's no way. Even you know, and you, and you can say it was cool and brave that Ryan Johnson killed, you know, the main antagonist of you know the first film. Uh, it was it was shocking and daring, but that was not the intention of J.J. Abrams. There is no way. Um, and No, there uh, wasn't. I mean, I think he said as much. So uh, can this new, older Ray change the direction of uh, the Star Wars universe post uh, Rise of Skywalker? Adam? I mean, I think after... Uh, I think after <laughs> Jedi... Um, That's a lightsaber with an R.E., <laughs> um okay like i i was you know a little child after jedi but like i imagine yeah. that after jedi there was a lot of clamoring for like what happens next mm-hmm. um and yes. we never really got it you know they got novels that were you know afterwards non-canonized and, and everything yeah. almost um, 10 years later by the way i mean there never really was a legit story so people were very excited to see yeah um so i i mean i think you can kind of take a lot of those um, you know, ideas right from those Luke, um, you know, doing this uh thing and, and apply it to Ray and and what happens next and everything. Um, it's kind of maybe freeing to be done with all of the the Skywalkers, uh, though I guess we're not because Ray's last name is Skywalker. Um, 
so I'm I don't know I'm hopeful uh, that it'll be it'll be good interesting something different um, it, it feels like it's the first thing to me that feels like it has a chance of kind of breathing on its own uh, since the other things we're talking about here have all these like pre-established things that they have to kind of like feed into you know right. for the first Jedi okay it had, there's some you know st- rebels stuff and obviously being the 30 years in between episode six and seven you're you're just fitting a weird puzzle piece into a, a nearly complete puzzle and, and kind of doing your own thing around it this maybe can do its own thing and maybe it'll be successful because of that what do you think jared yeah, I think I, I would I would sort of agree with that. The idea that it's this is the that can breathe on its own. It can sort of uh, it doesn't have to feed into a story that line that's happening later. There's nothing ahead of it. It's 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 green fields and blue skies. It can blaze its own trail. Uh, whether it actually will is another whole other argument. Um, I think I'm interested in this mainly because I think that uh, a lot of people gave Daisy Ridley a lot of shit. And she didn't deserve any of it. Um, she's perfectly fine in these movies. Um, and for whatever reason, she hasn't had a great career since these movies. Um, so I'm happy that she's willing to come back and that she seemed to have a very, very great reception at Celebration. I mean, it's it's the super fans. Of course, they're not going to hate on anyone who's related to Star Wars. But still, I'm it's shocked nice that to she's s- doing this, though, right? Honestly, yeah. I thought she yeah. was completely done. Um, you know, So great for them, whatever it took to get her back. Hopefully it's worth it, and hopefully, like like you said, Shane, maybe this turns into a trilogy, but maybe it's an earned trilogy where the first one is successful and tells a good story, and it, it earns uh, a continuation from the audience and from the creatives involved, and it's not just like, let's make another one for more money. Who, who What's the next tour that we want to hire and to do their own thing? None of that. You've, hopefully you learned your lesson. Right. So. Plan it out. Be smart about it. And yep. just, just to piggyback on what you said, Daisy Ridley and... And the character of Ray was the best of the three new heroes, without a doubt. Um, and the most interesting, even with her, you know, flip-flopping origin stories. Uh, the one thing that I... And that's not an... I mean, it's just, they didn't give the rest of the other characters right. a Right. I mean, it's mostly... Yeah, I mean, mostly... <laughs> Especially John Boyega. Yeah, I mean, t- his character was totally ill-conceived and should have never been a comedic foil. He should have been a a... Stormtrooper on the run, and it, he should have been very serious. And then, if you want to have a Han Solo type, that's Poe Dameron, and that's that. But you know, maybe the thing I was thinking about, maybe it is finally time to bring in a a new threat, a new type of villain, you know, to the Jedi and to this particular universe. It doesn't necessarily have to be Jedi's versus Sith. You know, maybe there's a bigger threat out there. Maybe that's some of that's been seeded with uh, Thrawn and and him being from the outer rim, the outer worlds, or whatever, the undiscovered country, whatever it is. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe that's something that needs to happen with Star Wars. You, you know, you just have a different threat that you don't really understand, right? It's something that's new, it's different. You're not doing the same old stuff. Uh, and they've maybe been exploring some of that stuff in the novels for sure. Yeah, it's a question of whether or not they're brave enough to spend a movie on that right or if yeah, they feel like, like with this budget we need to have jedi and sith because yeah well maybe you have jedi have. and sith and then there's another threat you know who knows you know yeah yeah i mean it's hard i guess when 
you know, Star Wars started as a commentary on fascism and stuff. Like, right. It people should be the bad guys, but there's probably other ways of doing right. that. And maybe it, it's big enough now with where it can yeah. be, it can be other monsters or whatever. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, this movie out of all of them probably has the most pressure on it because it needs to get it right. I think that, you know, it, it's going to be setting up what is coming next. And like you guys said, you know, you don't want the undisc- the, the world ahead to be, screwed up because you did another bad story you did another stupid thing hey and they so, can always go back to the high republic they've got you know a few more hundred years that right. they can keep mining yeah yeah let's let's wait and see all right so we've uh, covered movies let's just quickly buzz through uh tv we've got uh quickly we were gonna quickly got- buzz through the movies and then talk about the tv because there's a lot of tv stuff well, just we'll, we'll kind of do rapid fire. We'll start with Bad, right. Batch, Bad Batch season three announced. It's the last season. Mm-hmm. I thought the second season of Bad Batch was fine. Uh, stakes were stakes were a little bit higher. I mean, it just sort of seems, you know, similar to what like the Clone Wars did and Rebels. You know, it's got a little darker, um, a little bit more betrayal. And uh, I'm I'm curious, I guess, with how it goes. It's, it's not my favorite show, but it's not my least an- favorite animated show. Wow pretty harsh i thought i thought season two was excellent um except for maybe a couple episodes that maybe meandered too much um maybe they kind of had some shorter seasons and cut out some of the fluff but um i kind of really enjoyed the story that they were telling the conflict between or just showing the rise of the empire and how it treated clones yeah um you know as just property and and basically slaves (laughs) no no regard for them at all when you start talking about, or Adam starts, had mentioned like what Star Wars initially represents, you know, this is an allegory for how you treat slaves, how how you treat people that are not the same as you that are considered lower. So, I mean, I think that's a that's an interesting that's an interesting view on it. Yep. So, I'm Sorry. glad it's getting a third season to finish its story because it's definitely building to something. So, that's right. nice to hear and see. And it's it's kind of a cool success, you know, like how yeah. they were able to save that extra season or half season or whatever of of the end of Rebels or Rebels, um, Clone Wars, and yep. that you know they were able to kind of keep going. I was I loved that you know whatever mini season eight was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wasn't really that interested in Bad Batch and season one. I really liked. I, I, I'm not even finished with season two when I got to seven episodes in, and I was like, "Oh, I'm almost done." Like, no, it's sixteen like, episodes. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, there's ten more." I'm gonna, and I just kind of hit a wall with it. But yeah, I will you say, can, you, you can come back to it. Yes, and you that's, know what? That's what there I is did. something to be said for thirty-minute shows. Yep. Um, love it. <laughs> that last episode of uh, Mandalorian, it was only 32 minutes. That tight. is a yep. tight 30, tight 30. Yep. Sometimes you don't so we've more got uh, Star Wars Vision season two hit. Um, I was lukewarm on the original visions. Um, there was some good stuff in there. There was some stuff that wasn't as intriguing, um, I, but I appreciate the creativity. And then I never uh, finished it. You, you never finished I never it. I finished season one. I need to go back and finish that. Yeah. And then uh, watch season two. Jared, here's what I'm going to say. 15-minute episodes. I know. Even shorter. And speaking of short episodes, uh, Tales of the Jedi Season 2 also announced. So, I mean, that's that's almost like an extension of of the Clone Wars or or 
Bad Batch. It's all in that same sort of time period. It's it's I love the first one because it's just these little stories that sort of fill in some of these gaps and sort of like just give you a little more color as to what's what's been going on with certain yeah. characters or you learn, how they got you, there. You learn, you learn about Dooku, Dooku like how right. he became yeah. terrible and yeah. Dooku. The, the strength of all of these animated shows and to a slightly lesser degree of of the Filoni TV shows is that it does a good job of making the prequel era stuff better just by (laughs) telling the stories that those prequel stuff should have told or given you more of a hint of that is, that's just the reality. Like he is, he's making George Lucas's world a better place. And the hope is that he can do that with, uh, you know, what he's doing in the Mandalorian as well. Uh, speaking of Dave Filoni, Ahsoka hits in August 23. Um, tr- the trailer showed a glimpse of Thrawn. That was the big reveal. It's in like three months. Jeez. Yep, okay. it's right around the corner. This, this uh, will have, I'm assuming, some connection to Mandalorian or you know, perifer- a periphery type of thing. Um, I think we're all excited about it. We've talked enough about uh, about the, the movie that's going to be featuring Ahsoka that we don't need to get into that too deeply and or season two in 2024. Um, I don't know about you guys, but in terms of all the different star Wars things to me, Andor is probably top three or top four of everything that's ever been done in star Wars. That's how much I liked it. It's fantastic. Yeah, it was, it is still the only one that I have watched every week when it came out yeah and like uh you know every other show i've been able to like okay i'll I'll watch three in you know a week or whatever but it's the one that just got me the most it was another it's another show that has made the the world that lucas created in the prequel trilogy that much more interesting and scary and and full of depth it's just andor is fantastic it, it is a triumph uh, and of, more people should see it yeah <laughs> it's the best best thing by far disney has ever done and uh absolutely watch it uh, i've got notes here for a skeleton crew with jude law skeleton crew is uh i don't even really know the story to be is it like a bunch of kids traveling the galaxy and this is also going to tie into the filoni film i believe so this will be that next piece that slots into the Mandalorian universe. Um, we've got it's uh, like Goonies in space, kind of, isn't it? Isn't that yeah, how it's I sort think, of being portrayed? I think that's, I think that's what it's going to be. Yeah, uh, it's got a good cast. Yeah, uh, I've got the Acolyte with Carrie Ann Moss. This is a another prequel, but does not go quite quite as far back. You know, uh, like this I is was, actually like High Republic era. Yeah. So yeah. it's several hundred years ago. Yeah, it's not uh, ten thousand years, but no. you're going to get. Is this going to tie into that uh, that prequel comic stuff that's going on right now, Adam? The is High this... Republic stuff. Yeah, I, I think all. It's mostly not, yeah. I guess it's all novels and uh, and comic books at the moment. Yeah. It, Star Wars people seem to be into it. Um, I read one of the series, the comic book series. It's like a detective-y sort of thing. I, I liked it. I couldn't get into it as, you know, like a Star Wars thing, but I don't know why. It felt so different, I guess. It just felt like I was reading kind of a, you know, a weird sci-fi fantasy right. book that wasn't a Star Wars book, but that doesn't mean it was bad. Yeah. I'm very curious about the Acolyte. I think it's it's an interesting time period. It's an interesting, it's just like something new and different. 
maybe. And it's got a great cast. And I'm excited to see uh, Yuna Suatamo play a different Wookiee. He's, yeah, he's been our Wookie. he's been our Chewbacca um, in in all of the sequel trilogy, um, and yeah, getting he gets to play a Wookiee Jedi, so that's gonna be awesome. Uh, recently released Young Jedi Adventures. Um, this is a car, a animated a cartoon, an animated show aimed <laughs> towards younger kids that takes place in the prequel era. Yoda's training a bunch of. Young whippersnappers, younglings, Adam. Uh, yeah, it's, I have, it's, uh, I have I no intention of watching this, but you <laughs> yeah. are watching it with your son. Yeah. Uh, give us the quick review. Uh, it's it's nice. So there is a show on Disney Plus called uh, Spidey and His Amazing Friends, which is mm-hmm. Spider-Man, uh, Gwen, Spider, Ghost Spider, um, and Miles Morales, who for some reason they name Spin. Um and it's rated TVY, which is like all audiences. Um, and like the level of violence when they're like fighting Doc Ock or Rhino and stuff is like incredibly minimal. Um, you know, it's mostly just web web like and they're stuck swinging around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like there's, I don't think there's punches or kicks or anything. It's like, it's, it's very low key. Um, and this, this young Jedi adventures is also TVY. Um, and it follows the exact same model. Uh, two boy heroes, one girl hero. Um, you know, uh, the bad guys are kid versions of, you know, the, a bad guy. And the there's, you know, incredibly small amount of actual fighting. Um, in some episodes, there's just, there's no bad guys. It's just like, you know, they have to, they have to go get a thing and there's quick rocks flow. Whatever. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, it's, so I think there's only seven episodes, um, eh, but they're they're great, and it's the only real uh, Star Wars thing that he is he's watched. Uh, but he likes it a lot. Um, he does not like the word <laughs> the name Star Wars. Um, I don't know if it's the war part. I don't think he knows what <laughs> war is, but um, so he just he just calls it Young Jedi Adventures. Um, but you know he he likes the the Force stuff and. Lightsabers seem cool, but there's um, one of the Jedi's is like <laughs> I don't know some sort of alien, and he kind of is like you know the same size and whatever age as the other two that can speak, but he's more like Baby Yoda in that he kind of just babbles and stuff, mm. and is always trying to eat food because that's funny. So um, I, yeah. I read in the uh, the latest issue of Star Wars Insider. The, the plan for this show is by the end of season four, it's going to end right where the end of Revenge of the Sith ended. So they're actually going to slaughter all of the characters. Good. Anakin's going to come in. The score is four stars. Just for that ending. <laughs> I think that's good. That's like how, you know, the Harry Potter books got, you know, I, there was death right around the, the fourth yeah. one. So yeah. th- I think that's great. So Will's yeah. four right now. So, you know, the audience will grow eight, into it. ready for it. Yeah, yeah, he'll exactly. be totally ready. Well, I'm glad I'm glad someone's watching it. I'm glad there's an audience out there for it. Um, let's wrap this up with a quick, quick wink. Okay. Uh, talk about Mandalorian season three. Um, that ended not too long ago. Um, some might say it's a divisive uh, season of Mandalorian. Some liked it. Some didn't. Some felt like it meandered a little bit. Um, I'm looking at Jared right now because he's thought a lot about this. He's in his library. He's written 
all of those books behind him, things he wrote about Mandalorian season three. This is all, all of my fanfic back here of how yep. I would have done the season if I were so, in charge. So, Jared, you're usually pretty forgiving when it comes to Star Wars. Uh, is there anything to be forgiven for uh, the, the season three this, of Mandalorian? Uh, during the entire run of the season, I believe my my stance on the show was it's aggressively fine. Like, it's fine. And at times it was good and at times it was bad, but overall it was fine. And I've kind of felt like that, that about all of the seasons, to be honest, I don't know that this was any worse than parts of season two or parts of season one. Like it, it is what it is. It's, it's got some stories it wants to tell. It may not tell them all in the most economic way or in the most logical way, but it's going to eventually tell those stories and you're going to have episodes that maybe feel like filler and maybe you like them for what they are. And maybe you don't, I don't know. I like the one where they went on the uh, uh, detective quest to get answers as to what was going on with the droids. I thought it was fun. I didn't mind Jack Black and Lizzo. Everyone else seemed to hate it. So I don't know. Star Wars is what it is. And I always say, you know, all Star Wars is good Star Wars. It's just a different level of good, uh, in my opinion. But I, I I do think it was a mistake to start the season um, to not to not have the reunion of of of. Dinjarin and Grogu happen uh, in this season. To have it happen in an th- episode, arguably the best episode, but an episode of uh, Book of Boba Fett was, what are we doing? <laughs> that yeah. was, was a weird storytelling choice that made no sense and it would have had way more impact if it had happened at the beginning of season three. Um, but it is what it is. I, for the most part, I enjoyed things and... I, I guess I'm hopeful that maybe they've wrapped up their storytelling about uh, the greater Mandalore quest or whatever, because it's, it's only so interesting. You know, I think they're better as sort of like side characters, uh, not necessarily as the main protagonists. Um, well, they get yeah. to, they have to go on their adventures now, Jared, you heard the, you heard the armor. Sure. I guess. Um, and all the cloning stuff is like, okay, you're really, really make trying to justify your choices in the third sequel trilogy movie. I get it. It's fine. Whatever. That stuff is not resonating with me nearly as much as some of the other stuff. So do you concur with that thought, Adam? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, um, it is a reset, uh, right. Um, yeah. The show could be of, done as far as I could. T- I mean, yeah. I know there's going to be another one, but the show ends at a point where you're like, that could be it. And I'd be fine with it. Totally. <laughs> and I mean, you could even say, oh, cool. They're going to go off and do adventures together. The, you yeah. Know, yeah. the dad and his kid. Um, we don't need to know what they are. We just know yeah. they're going to do it. <laughs> I was so concerned that the show was going to end. And then it's next season on the Mandalorians. Um, and it's just, <laughs> uh, it, it's like, I, I really felt like when, um, you know, we saw Bo-Katan in season two. I was like, oh, this is an, and it was Katie Sackhoff playing her. I was like, this is like really nice fan service mm-hmm. for people that watched Rebels and um, Clone Wars. <laughs> and then this season, you know, and now she's the was, main character. Right. And it's like, which I was fine with. Honestly, if you wanted to like, it's like speed, like, Hey, surprise. She's actually, she's actually the Mandalorian. She's the Mandalorian. Yeah. I'd be like, all right, cool. But the yeah. problem was the show did, the show did a bunch of things and it didn't really like commit to any of them. Yeah. Which was like, okay, I just want yeah. you to like pick a direction and go there. Well, it's kind of <laughs> like how the book of Boba Fett yeah. for two episodes turned into the Mandalorian. It's like, you know, this for three episodes turned into Bo-Katan. Um, and that, yeah, like, yeah, you're totally right. 
they're interesting stories and characters and they're not they don't give any of them enough breathing room so i am happy <laughs> that we get a happy ending for the mandalorians um and i'm sure he'll come back and, and visit mandalore but the idea that he and grogu are going to go off on some adventures now and maybe that's just you know one more season of them doing cool stuff that'll you know t- sometimes tie into things sometimes just be cool things um great and please let's spend the whole season trying to explain how din is the family name please (laughs) do that (laughs) yeah i think this this season spoilers this season was the season where my wife uh tapped out yeah i mean it was way too lore heavy way too much to pay attention it it became more than just uh, a cute baby yoda running around and, and doing things and I don't know if that's good or not, but that's that is what it is. And I, I'm with Jared. I mean, it was perfectly serviceable that told a story um, and expanded the Star Wars universe and answered some interesting questions. And now I'm curious to see where it goes. And, and you know, we can hope for a reset, but we also thought that, you know, uh, that some of that stuff might happen with the uh, Book of Boba Fett and Mandal- the second season of Mandalorian. But they sort of waded back into that. So. Who the hell knows if it's just going to be more more of a pure show? I mean, I think that I think that what ends up happening is that um, you're going to see the Mandalorian and, and Baby Yoda start to find some of those other threats out there that that are that just literally just tie into the First Order again. I think that's yeah. what it's going to be. Well, but. I mean, it's like you know we know uh, Gideon's other circle of uh, Imperial guys are still around, including yes. Hux, who you know is right. kid. Is, and who knows? Gideon could still be alive. He could have I, been a clone. I mean, so. he should be if he, if that was uh, you know yeah. whatever the, the speculation I mean, te- that it was clone Gideon who got killed. Okay. They telegraphed it enough. Yeah. So so we'll see in a year, year and a half what happens. Well, the writer strike is happening, so we'll yeah, probably never we'll see in get the five show. years what yeah. happens. Um, uh, go writers, by the way. Hey, then their money. All right, so guys. Yep. Guys, this has been a great show. Uh, great talking about Star Wars. Uh, that was Christopher Walken, who auditioned for Han Solo back in 1975. Oh, boy. You can uh, check out Saturday Night Live to watch the, the the tape. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Adam. So let's take a quick break. We'll be back with Coming Soon in the end of the show right after this. There's more of the scope dead ahead. Under the scope. Here we are, Adam. Under I like the to scope. imagine Tony saying, there's more of the scope? Yeah. You're still doing this? Uh, coming soon. Well, with the writer's strike, Adam, there's probably not a lot of stuff out there, right? It's it's impacted that quickly. Um, what's today? Is, is today the 15th-ish of May? Yes. Yes. Okay. And, and when we talk next, it's going to be the... 28 29th of May. Yes. So you've got two weeks. Yep. All right. Wait, I thought we were doing. Are we flip flopping? I thought we were doing a week at a time. A week at a time? Let's let's do Let's let's do every other week. All right. Okay. So we'll talk about things that are coming up between the 14th and the 27th ish. Um, Movies. White Men Can't Jump comes out uh, this week on Hulu. Um, and I don't know if it's Lance Radix's last movie, but it is one of 
Lance mm-hmm. Hudson's. That week. was a surprise when that, that was, yeah. we could have talked about that because he was yeah. literally like on uh, the Lover Leave It podcast like two weeks beforehand. I'm like, oh, this guy's great. It's a big loss, big yeah. effing loss. That guy was a master. Yeah, dude uh, <laughs> was you know like one of the main characters in Destiny, and dude played a lot of Destiny. He actually played the game. <laughs> yeah, he played it. Yeah. He loved it. Yeah. I always think that's cool. I don't know why. Um, let's see. The real movie coming out this week is is Fast X, Fast 10. I don't know what we're calling and it. You love those movies, so you're going to see I it. do. Uh, I uh, don't know what's going to happen uh, this time. Justin Lin I left the movie like midway through shooting it or something. That's a bad Uh-oh. sign. Uh, but Brie, Brie Larson is in this. She's got to be teaming up with Charlize Theron, right? It's like yeah. pretty ladies that are going to try to kill uh, Vin Diesel. Yeah, I hope um, they succeed. Let's hope. So that's kind of it. If we're going to just because next week there's kind of 20 seconds. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the Little Mermaid uh, mm. comes out. The divisive. The Who knew? Very divisive. Uh, Jared's been <laughs> angry about it for a couple of years now. I know. It's embarrassing. I, um, it's, it's not even my. I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't get why people are mad. And I also don't care. About you got to be mad about something. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I know why they're because, mad. Because people but, are racist, Jared. Yeah, I know. And they that. don't want to admit it. That's the reason. Well, some of them do want to admit it. And yeah. They have <laughs> we blue do check live marks in that time, Twitter. don't we? Yeah. Um, let's see. I was just going to say there's some TV shows premiering. Rain Wilson has a show, Rain Wilson and the Geography of Bliss on Peacock. Okay. Um, the Gremlins show comes out on HBO Max. Uh, the 20 mean Max? Or, uh, I think it's Max. just Max. Yeah, sorry. It'll be Ma- uh, at this we'll point. It'll be that. just Max. It's another thing we could talk about in yeah, a couple yeah. weeks. So uh, uh, ignore that. So many albums by people I have never heard of before. Um, but uh, Gold uh, Goldfrap is no longer because Allison Goldfrap is uh, uh, doing her own thing. So the Jonas Brothers have an album coming out. Moby. Hmm. Just Moby's still, still kicking, out. huh? Yeah, still bothering still with the uh, uh, Dave Matthews band. So, you know, just kind of date ourselves here. Kesha, uh, Sophie Stevens. We all My daughter would people. be like, Who are you talking about right now? Exactly. All right. And video games. We play those sometimes, right? Oh, this is a big uh, one. There was a time, yeah. All right. So, if this was if this so is much Monday, Call then of Duty on Friday, last Friday, the new Zelda game came out. La, Tears of the Kingdom. People Are you very excited about this game. Going to buy that game? Um, I did not like um, the last one. I thought it was <laughs> fine. I, I did not what? like. It. People view it as you know the best video game of all time. Um, it's, not, it's not quite that good, but it was exceptional. It really was that? good. It said I, I don't think it was the best video game of all time, but it was an exceptionally good game, in my opinion. Shane has gone full robot mode. <laughs> Shane has gone full robot. Okay, good. It's not just do I, do no, I sound bad again. Your your video is frozen and your sound is all scrambled. Okay, I'll let you guys talk. Okay, we'll talk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see what other games. Not much else comes out because people are scared to compete against um, that that game for good reason. But Lego Two K Drive does come out. What? Which what is, on earth is that? Yeah, that is a uh, Lego kart game, kart racing game. Oh, okay. So, it's on coming out for everything, so check it out. That's all I got. Shane, you're you're moving again, so maybe this is a good sign. All right, how do I sound now? Great. 
Yeah. Okay, Dulcet tones. Fantastic. Adam, great Stop job. Stop downloading torrents. I know. I'm a multitasker. You know that. Uh, Adam, fantastic mm-hmm. job. You covered everything. Uh, I can't wait for Zelda, but both Jared and I have said we're going to wait to buy because we have so many other games to play first. So. I will wait a long time because I have not even played the first one yet. Yeah, well, I mean, you're a little, for years. You're a little behind the times. Anyway, I, let, I gave it a try several times. That was my, for whatever reason, it was like, I'm going on a plane. I'm going to bring my Switch. I'm going to play Zelda. And I'll tell you what. My, the this will be my vacation Jared. game. And then I would play it on the plane, and then I would get back from my trip, and I would promptly never touch it again, and then I would go on another trip and be like, well, maybe I'll try Zelda again. I'd start over because I'd forgotten how to play the game. Anyway, you you have a theory as to why, so you, just, yeah. you tell me. You tell Weapon me. degradation. You Weapon. you play that game, and you're like, I don't want my weapons to break, and then they do, and you're like, this is dumb. Next game. There's a, there's a trick in that, and that is you you've got to get his shield and sword like the the master shield and sword, and then those things don't break down. Cool. The thing that you get at the end of the game. Under the scope. There we go. I'm moving it along. Nice. <laughs> the end of the game. Nice. That's when the game gets good. Nice. All right, Jared, finish it up. Have you played that game to 100% chain like some people do? Um, and probably not 100%, but I accomplished many many things in there. Yes. Who's <laughs> got the time? Who's I got accomplished many things. Time. Well, it's the end of the program. It's the part of the program where we solicit your comments and you come through. The mailbag is bursting. <laughs> I don't have an air horn. I really want to. You got to have a soundboard so. there. You could get it right I know, now. I need to update it. Uh, but anything we might have gotten is super stale because it's been like six months so uh, we'll just kind of move on and say hey if you'd like to email us comments at thescopeshow.com did we get that fixed? we might have Um, call a voicemail line 612-21-SCOPE that is 612-217-2673 yeah we got ourselves a party and we're on the social medias we have a Facebook page we have a Twitter account sure it says here a Tumblr, but it's missing an E. That's kind of weird. Um, <clears throat> we're also on YouTube. We record these videos, and uh, oh, that reminds me, there is a brand new like YouTube podcast feature that I can be exactly that I'm going to try out now with this new release. Um, I keep getting emails from uh, from YouTube to the Scope account saying, "Hey, there's these new things you should try." So I'm going to give them a go. And if you want to see what happens when I give them a go, head on over to our YouTube channel. That link is uh, youtube.com slash I think it's at the scope show now I think that's their new uh, handle format whatever that link is also at our website at thescopeshow.com and if you want to support the show you want to keep it going you want to uh, supply me with oxygen tanks to keep me breathing when I go on these long rambling things head on over to patreon become a patron talked about it earlier patreon.com slash the scope show that's where all the cool people hang out I think that's what they do on patreon right they hang out people hang out it's a big hangout place yeah it's a big hangout place uh, and if you're shopping at Amazon, there is a link at thescopeshow.com slash Amazon. That's our affiliate link. Uh, you can click on that. Uh, magical things happen. doesn't cost you anything, and it makes you feel good in your pants. Shane, back to you. Fantastic, Jared. You did a great job. You're winded, but you're still alive. Today. I keep drinking liquids like I'm not going to drink Stop just a ton of liquids, liquids in the next we've, hour. We've got big liquid action coming up here soon. But I'm parched. It's nice to be back. It's good to see you guys. So let's just wrap this thing up. Hit that button, Jared. So uh, for Jared and Adam, I'm Shane. Thanks for listening. More show coming in two weeks. Till then. 
Bye for now. Ladies and gentlemen, we find ourselves once again at the end. I hope you've enjoyed our time together. I know I have. Fear not, spoke faithful. Days shall pass as if they were but a moment. And Jared, Adam, and Shane will return with another thrilling episode. Until then, send your comments to comments at thescopeshow.com or leave a voicemail message by dialing 612-21-SCOPE. That's 612-217-2673. Thanks for listening, faithful fans. This is Tony Partington saying, Belle Tune in next time to another terrific edition of The Scope. Scope.